I kind of love it when harmless mistakes happen in life because I try to take them as signs. So part of what we were giggling about on the, I was giggling about on the Bima is that the Torah went around the wrong way the first time. And then we were trying to figure out, should it go around the wrong way again, which is the right way now, or is it still? And I said, no. And I stopped it. And I was like, I wanted to go anyway. And I feel like it's a metaphor for the parasha, right? I feel it's a metaphor, maybe even for recovery, which is sometimes you have to go the entirely wrong way. I'm serious. You're like, the hook is coming, you know, from that direction. Sometimes you have to go the wrong way to be on the right path. I mean, that's the truth of the matter, and we know it. So it was a beautiful, a beautiful way to go today. When we read Kohelet at Sheminyat Seret, I sat in the other room with some folks, and we, we read through passages of it after services. We talked about how we felt about it. And one of the things that came out of that was a motif that occurred in the recovery teaching during Rosh Hashanah, which is that is, as we sometimes feel when we read the Torah, and the prophets, that history is a linear line of progress. We're heading toward the messianic world. We, we, we should be very proud of each step we've taken. And we're heading in the right direction. We should feel good about that. Or as Kohelet says, Ecclesiastes, is you think you made progress. There's no such thing as progress. There's nothing new under the sun. Any good idea you ever had, it's been had. And people thought it would change things and maybe change things temporarily. And then things went back to the way they were. So time is not a progress. Time is cyclical. And people just don't realize it. And what does it mean to live within a cyclical reality? And as I tried to express after many years of struggling or reading or learning, I think the Jewish description is, maybe this comes from William Butler Yeats, I see it as a spiral. And it's not even a perfect spiral heading in the right direction. There's a lot of cyclicality and there's a lot of moving backward, but you can't let it get you down because in every time you go the wrong way, you go backward. You're not back where you started because you've learned something. And so that, yes, it is crushing. It's absolutely crushing, you know, oh yeah, we had all this plastic and it's so great. Now we're just going to recycle it. And then, yeah, Greenpeace tells us last week the truth, which most of us already knew. Only 5% of plastic is recycled. So the rest of it either ends up in the ocean or in landfills or increasingly burned in developing countries that get paid to take it and then burn it by poor people living in poor villages and poisoning their kids. So, wow, all that good recycling did, all that effort. There's nothing new under the sun. I give up right? That's Kohelet. And you can't really believe everything is progress, progress, progress. Anyone who's studied American history realizes that if there was a triumphalism, then it was mistaken if it incorporated that we're always making progress. We clearly go backwards. So what is the truth? Spiral. It's a spiral when it comes to the environment, right? Anyone who wants to put down the fact that I spent my 70s doing rallies on the earth and Earth Day and raising issues and starting different things. It's not fair to those of us who did that work. It's not fair. Yes, things with women's rights are, there's so many backslidings with it. It's awful. It doesn't defeat the good work that was done by so many in this country over different generations. We are a country rife with racial bias and systemic racism, but that doesn't mean that those soldiers who fought in the Civil War and died weren't dying for something 
that was being articulated by people like Lincoln, which taught us something. And yes, Reconstruction went backward afterward, but then it went forward. And so that what life is, is you go backward, but what you have to remember is when you go backward, you've learned something. Someone shared with me yesterday, I won't say who it is, regular attendee of services, that that message, which was heard in the recovery sermon on Rosh Hashanah as well, is one that resonates for those who have mental health care challenges, right? Am I doomed because I have an anxiety disorder? Am I doomed because I have mental health challenges? And what is a saving grace is every time maybe I come out of uh, inpatient or I finish with outpatient, the progress I made in the past is not lost. I can go back to it and I've learned something new. So now let's go to God. What does this have to do with the Parsha? I would say that flooding the earth and killing all the living things except for the things on the ark, I would say that's a little bit like hitting rock bottom. It's an act of a person who says, the life that I've created is not redeemable. And so I'm just going to destroy it. And God has this idea, I think, of linear progress. I made the human being, and it was very good. And if they grow up and mature, they'll still make good decisions, but they don't. But they still won't be murderers, but Cain kills Havel. And then God says to Cain, listen, it's, let me make you be not. Let me give you understanding. Some days will be good. Some days will be bad. You don't kill people because of the bad days. Taken care of. And Cain's like, no, I didn't learn anything. And then we get Hamas and corruption of the earth. We're spoiling the earth environmentally. <clears throat> We're killing each other. And as God says um, at the end here in Genesis 8, verse 21, the happy ending is, never will I again doom the earth because of humankind, since humans have Yetzer Hara from their very youth. Their very origin is that they have cravings, uh, gluttonous desires, selfish inclinations. And so I won't doom the earth again because that's just the way human beings are. And nor will I ever destroy every living being as I have done. So is God saying, God could easily at this point say, I messed up. This idea that I could breed the kind of best example of a human being and get more good people. The idea that I could teach bad people like Cain and they'll be like, I get it now. That's not working. So God could, I, God could just stop. There could just be no beginning to humanity. God could stop with this universe and just say that was a... It's polluted with sin because the Yetzirah becomes original sin in Christian thought, not the word hate, which is our word for sin. It's this term that becomes uh, synonymous in the early church with original sin. It's inevitable that we will be corrupt. God messed up. I'm just going to end the creation. But instead, God seems to say, I'm learning. I'm learning each step of the way. I learned in Eden. I learned with Cain and Havel. I'm learning now. And I'm making a rainbow saying, I won't wipe it out. I'm going to work with what I got. I, tried, I thought I could just start over and it would be fine. And it's no better than it was before. And not only that, but I realized that the broken part of it all, this Yetzer Hara, the selfish inclination, that it's not a death sentence for the human race. It doesn't spoil uh, creation. It doesn't have to. And then God devises a new plan, which we see for the rest of Genesis, which is I'm going to have to do something very different with these people. And what I'm going to have to do is probably pick like one 
family and then like form a covenant with them and then have them start a tribe and get them to act a little bit differently and then hope they can hold that together and then let them experience trials and tribulations with those new values and ideas and see if that forms. And we're going to go from there and they're probably going to end up being in slavery because if they're never oppressed, they're never going to have compassion. And then God has this a, a different kind of covenant, not the unilateral covenant of I made you good, you have to be good, or the unilateral covenant here, which is I, I just won't destroy anything else, has nothing to do with you, but I won't destroy you all again. But these kinds of mutual covenants of mutual interaction. And God's saying, you're not broken, but you have a piece that's broken. I'm not broken because I made you and I thought you were very good and it's a big failure. It's going to be a work in progress. The person who comes out who, who is in recovery knows this all too well. When they lapse, when they go back, they're not empty again. They have what they've learned to fall back on. They have each step that they've taken before is still a step in the spiral moving forward. It's interesting that um, my father used to teach about this parasha, that here we have the Sahara expresses itself with drink and intoxication and then incest. And so there's kind of a blackout period of Noah, the most righteous person of his generation. And the rabbis say, my father taught, that when you look upon the nakedness of a parent, a curse is upon you. And that he would teach that when you look upon promiscuity, when you look upon a person who is blackout drunk. There are things that you can't unsee. And here in our society, we're surrounded by it. We glamorize alcohol. It's all around. We see it at college. It's glamorized in many ways, glamorized on TV, and we glamorize promiscuity so that we are all in the state in a way of having a curse upon us because we can't unsee what is not only all around us, but is glamorized. So what life is, is not trying to return to the innocence of Garden of Eden. It's trying to live with what we got. How do we have, I mean, anyone who has ever been hugged by a parent as when they're a child and their parents been drinking and they're hugged a little too hard knows what can never be unfelt. Any, anybody who went to a parent who said, I need help with my homework or I need help because I'm having a problem with a friend, and they were asleep on the couch. That can never be unexperienced. And aren't we all in that state on some level, whether it's with our own addictions or with our society? We can't unsee and unfeel what's around us. But what we can do is instead of seeing ourselves as irredeemably broken, seeing ourselves as having parts of ourselves and parts around us that are constantly, as as Melville said in Ruby Dick, constantly in need of mending. And can we, like God, view, instead of giving up, seeing that every move backward is an opportunity to take a step forward. Shabbat Shalom.